hello everyone. I'm Reverend Carla and welcome to Spirituality Matters. Now I invite you to settle in and let's find that sacred space between here where I am and there where you are. And let us be reminded that the Holy transcends our physical bodies and our time together is just as sacred and meaningful as if we were sitting beside one another. Okay, let's get started. It is my honor to introduce you to Jeff Baker, who is the pastor of Chosen Family Church. And Jeff, I just want to tell you how much it means to me that you have agreed to come here on our podcast today. Oh, thank you so much. I've been I've been listening uh, since I found out you had a podcast and oh. I've been scheming about how to get on. So mission accomplished <laughs> for me. And <laughs> well, you you also might regret it because I have a feeling that this could end up being a multi-part uh, series. So I <laughs> I'm already going to invite you on for another time because I what you and I became acquainted on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And I and I want to sit and make notes. And I don't know if you've gotten the feature yet on TikTok where you can actually start to categorize the, the videos that you're saving. I don't, I've seen that on a few people's videos and I'm not sure that I have it yet. I also don't have captions yet. Okay. Uh, it takes weird. a while. Yeah. It, it, Cause I'm still I'm using, the... I'm still using my outside app to caption my videos. Yeah. And, well, yeah. that's kind of annoying. But these are actually the videos that you save for reference later, like so they're oh, okay. in your in your background that you now can compartmentalize those. And oh. I've been wanting to do that for your videos for a long time. Like I just need a place where I can go back and refer to Jeff's videos on some of the things that you say that are just so poignant and and meaningful for for those of us who I think we ha we have a lot of people who follow both of us and I'm constantly referring people to you when they have specific Thank questions <laughs> about the Bible because I consider you my theologian of, of TikTok so I <laughs> really you. do appreciate that I would like to start this by you just telling a little bit about yourself because you uh your story is very meaningful and I know that there are people out there who your your story will resonate with them so I'm just gonna close my mic and and let you go sure yeah I mean so I um grew up uh, in a conservative evangelical environment um in, in Canada so not like not um bible belt style uh from the U.S. but still fairly fairly conservative, fairly evangelical. Um, and I kind of hopped around churches a lot when I was a teenager because I was a goth kid and I didn't really fit in at my parents' church, but I was still in churches a lot of the time. And I, I knew I was queer. Um, I'm a queer person, by the way, just so people listen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I knew I was queer uh, probably around 16 um, or 17. And uh, when I like, I kind of learned the term bisexual and I was like, oh, that that explains a whole lot about me. Um, and so I used that term for uh, probably 15 years, um, not not really knowing what was uh, any any other terms, uh, but like it didn't it, it didn't hit all the time. And so I was kind of like, well, I'm not like I went through phases where I'm like, well, maybe I'm not because like I married an AFAB person and uh, really enjoying that. So maybe maybe I'm not and like and not really attracted to anyone but my spouse. So so maybe that's just maybe that settles that. And we were still in the evangelical culture and and living under the notion that homosexuality was a sin. Um, my spouse is also queer. Um, and so we knew that about each other, but we were like, well, we're going to live this straight life because 
that's that's what we're supposed to do. Uh, can I can I ask one yeah, question there? Because there means. you you reflected there so much inner turmoil and mm. inner thoughts. I mean, like you could tell that this was constantly churning in your head. Yeah. Did you have this? And it sounds when you got married, when you were married, then your mm -hmm. SJ, your wife was able to, you were able to talk to her, but there, was there anybody outside of your head in your life that you were able to, to talk to about what you were, some of what you were trying to navigate in, regarding your gender or sexual authenticity? Not, not specifically. Like I went to an, an arts high school um, when I was in high school. And so like, I, I did have a lot of LGBTQ friends um, and everyone at the school basically was LGBTQ affirming. Uh, but me, <laughs> I was the obnoxious Christian person. Um, but um, yeah, so like it was a positive environment and I could see people like leaning into that and experiencing some freedom and like just rejecting the social norms that were being placed on them or that I was trying to place on them. Um, and, but I was still like steeped in the church. Like I was going to probably three churches at one point. Like I would go to Sunday at one church and youth group at two others. Um, and like it was, so it was like, I was at church multiple times a week and at multiple churches and I was uh, involved in the worship team. And later I was a youth leader and I was like a total Theo bro, like, like, uh, <laughs> like defending, like thinking I knew all this stuff and studying apologetics and, and stuff like that so I had all the arguments for why it was wrong in my head because because that's that was my that was my like niche I guess like uh, that that's what I was doing and so when I started meeting Christians who were affirming and I and one of them went to one of the churches I was attending actually that was probably the only church I was attending at that point and I knew they were um, studying to be a hospital chaplain and in seminary and and we got talking about it um because our our youth group had invited um uh, a speaker who was openly gay but had married his best friend who who was a lesbian and because they were living that evangelical life and and accepting the narrative that it was sinful and so they they got married and they're still married um but they are both still now they, like they've now come around and are affirming and and but they they have a partnership and love each other um and and they're great uh but but the person who was studying to be the hospital chaplain was objecting to the fact that we had uh this speaker coming to to speak to the youth group and i was like well, it, I know he's gay, but he's like, he's married to a woman and he, he's like saying that homosexuality is wrong. And she was like, that's why I'm objecting is because homosexuality is not wrong. And I was like, what? And like, and I just couldn't wrap my head around it. Um, and, and what I was a like, what a brave human to, right. to stand up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I was just like, in my head, I went back to the narrative. I'm like, oh, like, I don't know why that person's in seminary then, because they clearly don't believe the Bible and they don't believe in Jesus. And, and like, because they're, they're saying this, this mm -hmm. thing, and I don't know where she is now. I'm, I should track her down because um, like years later, when I finally came around on the issue, I was like, I, I could have happened then. I could have like, I could have had like, 
10 extra years. <laughs> Do you remember, and, and I'm sure that you heard this a lot during your proselyte, your evangelical days about those seed mm -hmm. planters, you know, like, well, we're planting seeds. So even if right. someone doesn't convert to Christianity, we planted seeds yeah. and maybe they or, will someday. Or Greg Kokel says, I'm putting a stone in their shoe. Oh. Uh, yeah, which is like, which Greg Kokel uh, is slightly problematic. I, I don't, I don't like everything he says. Uh, but um, when I was deep in the in the um, apologetics realm, uh, I was listening to him a lot, uh, and that's that's what he would say when he would have conversations with people. He's like, "I'm not looking to convert them, I'm looking to put a stone in their shoe." <laughs> oh, wow, but so. I, but I, but I, that really came to me for that 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 woman to mm. to say that to you it struck something in you that probably yeah. which by the way uh dear ones if you're hearing some interesting noises in my background i had to be very creative with where my recording studio is today <laughs> so you're getting all kinds of natures and you're probably going to get a dog bark and every once in a while uh, someone's doing some remodeling so i apologize for that but what i what i really thought was you know you you wanting to thinking about Hmm, I haven't thought about her. I want to go back and see what she's doing because maybe, maybe that is, you know, when we think about these seeds that we plant it, it, you know, those things where you wobble, they don't make mm -hmm. sense at the time. But when you, when you get to where you're going, you're like, that probably had something that right. struck a chord in me that really didn't start to play inside my soul until, mm -hmm. Until I got further down the road and some other things started to fall into place. So right. yeah, she might love to hear from you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, I, I'll, I'll see if I can find, I don't know if we're friends on Facebook or if they use, she uses Facebook or anything, mm. but yeah. So um, yeah. So I, I uh, that was like the first exposure I had to, to a Christian being open and affirming of LGBTQ issues. Um but at that point, I was um, signed up for um, theology school. I hadn't started attending yet, but I was like, I'm going to, I would finally answered the call to being a pastor, which I'd avoided for so long, just because I know a lot of pastors and, yeah. <laughs> and what messes their lives are. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so uh, my spouse and I decided we were going to go back to school um, and I was taking theology and philosophy and they were taking psychology and then. Uh, I ended up getting a job after first year. I, I worked at a summer camp um, as their chaplain uh, after first year. And then while I was there, uh, my old youth pastor at the church that he had gone to after the church I was at ha had uh, left the church. And, and so they had an opening and I emailed him and I was like, was it amicable where like is it a toxic situation is it a good church like would you be okay if i applied there and he was like i would feel so good if you applied there because like i know you and i know that the kids in the community i love would be in good hands and so i applied there um because i i had met some other people from the church at the camp um and they had seen me preach a few times so they i ended up getting that job um and then i was a pastor while I was studying at Tyndale um, for the six years I was at Tyndale because SJ got pregnant after first year as well. And so we then had uh, twins. And so I had to drastically cut back the amount I was studying. Uh, but uh, and then I was pastor with the Canadian Baptist for about 10 years. Um, and as I leaned more into social justice and 
really the teachings of Jesus, the, the anti-LGBTQ thing just wasn't sticking. It wasn't like, it wasn't meshing with everything else that the Bible was saying. And I had a number of students come out to me um, and I was just never able to, to be like, well, that I'm sorry, but that's a, that's a sinful lifestyle and, and you need to repent. It was always like, thank you so much for trusting me with this. And like, I love you so much and I'm here for you. And that actually got me in trouble at one of the churches I was at too, because they're like, did "Did you just affirm homosexuality? I'm like, I didn't know, but also not know. And, and then it was actually like, you know, when you're like most of the way somewhere and then something random, like pushes you completely over the edge. So like I was, um, I was not working at a church at the time, um, or maybe I was really part-time at one of them. I forget. Um, but it was largely because like my life was sort of in shambles and I was questioning everything I believed in. And, and I really like, like was fully open and affirming in private though, not, not out loud. Uh, but there's always that nagging little voice in the back of your head being like, what if you're wrong? And that's what was keeping me from, from speaking out. And then uh, I watched the um, Netflix special uh, Nanette by um, Hannah Gadsby. Yeah. And, um, and I just had this prophetic moment watching that uh, like, where like God was like screaming at me, like not in an angry way, but just like, just like, it felt like uh, a gale force wind was like blowing on me and I'm just sitting in my like armchair watching this show and, and just hearing God yelling like, of course, they're my children. Of course, I love them. Of course, I created them this way. Like, like everything in all of creation suggests that. And, 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 and like just really feeling called to like, okay, I need to really learn what this is saying. Um, because I've now had like, it doesn't make sense in my brain. And for a long time, it was like, it's never made sense, but this is what the Bible says. So I'm going to go with it. And then, um, no, it doesn't make sense. Uh, And now I'm at this conflict point. And then I have this uh, uh, prophetic moment. I'm like, there's something here. I need to find out what it is. Um, And at that time, I was like, um, not sure, like my denomination that I was in, um is part of the canadian baptists and uh they they don't they're not affirming officially um i mean part of being a baptist is you can believe whatever you want so there are a a number of affirming baptists but the organization as a whole so can i um, pause there for a minute they're they're not affiliated with the southern baptists no um i think i think they're more closely aligned to is there is there an organization called the cooperative baptists in the states yeah there's also american baptist there's several different and i that was really kind of a i could have answered my own question if i had gone (laughs) on in that thought there's no way that if you have affirming canadian baptist that they're that they are um related to the southern baptist so the, the funny thing with the word baptist is it's not owned by anyone so you could open a baptist church yourself and not having any prior affiliation to baptists because like 
there's no like like Catholics have a, a governing board of like we are the ones who are allowed to call people Catholics and no one else is and Anglicans and Episcopalians yeah. have that name and like Lutherans have that name Baptist is not owned by any specific governing board you know it'd be so. fun just to do a video out on in TikTok land and call ourselves Baptist and to just sit back and watch <laughs> <laughs> Because for those of you who follow us, uh, both Jeff and I get hit pretty hard. You can see my grand dog back there. Oh, there um, we get hit pretty hard by some trolls who yeah. uh, like to report our content, like to try to silence our voices. When for both of us, I know for you as well, that we're not here to try to change anybody's mind. We are talking no. to the people who are on this path. Some of them are yeah. a little farther down the path than we are. And some of them are just starting this deconstruction phase mm -hmm. or untangling phase, whatever you want to call it, which I, I do want to get to. But I just I answered that question or asked that question. We went down a little rabbit hole here. So please continue with your story about once you saw in the net, which I did too, which is a beautiful documentary, by the yeah. way, I'll put a link in the show notes so that um, people can find that if you haven't seen it. Yeah, because yeah, because it's, it's just like, it's the perfect mix of like, comedy and then like heart-wrenching yeah. biography and like uh art history education as well <laughs> like yes <laughs> like it's it's really great anyway um yeah so like there are there are affirming canadian baptists but overall the denomination um is not and uh and it's probably like close to 50 50 um but i was like i can't like i'm feeling called now to serve the lgbtq community um as much as i love the cboq and want to remain a part of it like that they're my they're my family and there are a number of affirming people in there i need to be able to actually serve the people that i'm called to serve and like i uh, before um people would ask like well can you do like gay weddings and i was always like i could do one and then my credentials would get pulled <laughs> <laughs> and so i was just like i can't wait so i i like i i didn't like tender a resignation or do anything dramatic because I wasn't um, working for a church at, at the time, but I started drafting up because um, I wasn't aware of any. I'm like, I don't want to, I like Anglicans, um, but it's not my style necessarily. So I don't want to go back to school and become an Anglican um, and then serve in this thing that's not like, not where my, well, not where my heart is. And I, I couldn't find any other um, affirming Baptist denominations in Canada. Turns out they are there, and the non-affirming Baptists are just very good at suppressing knowledge about them. Um, but <laughs> I started drafting um, like what you would need to register a denomination in Canada, um, so that I could start my own thing and and do that. And it ended up not needing to do that because there are like other associations I could tie into, which I ended up doing. Um, and got my reverendship through an organization called um, Clergy Support Memorial Church, which essentially catches clergy coming out of non-affirming denominations. Ah, and, nice. And ordaining them. Um, and but the the framework that I started typing up became our like what we believe page on on um, on our website on chosenfamilychurch.com and like the the church structure, like how churches should work, um, is like how we're starting to build out our our staff um, at the church. We just brought on um, a pastor in charge of pastoral care who has a background in psychotherapy to help us sort of increase our um, 
list of resources and, and things we can help people get connected to because there's a lot of trauma serving the queer community and serving people who have been uh, religiously abused and spiritual abuse and um, spiritual trauma. Um, and then we brought on uh, an administrator um, and we also brought on um, two, um, we made our worship leader official and we brought on two people to be like our, our welcome wagon uh, to help onboard new people. And Nice. And, and you were up. just, so we're like, oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that when you were, when we were talking before we started recording, you had mentioned that you are, your church is now almost a year old. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're coming up. We, our first ever service was July 27th. 2020 so um it's the 20th today so i think this sunday is our official the closest sunday to being a year mark that's amazing um, yeah so that's that's really cool and we've grown um in that year we we have about 15 regulars who come out to our sunday services and another 15 semi-regulars, uh, but we have like an email list of 130 people and we've got a social media following of 17,000. So like, that's it's, amazing. it's been, God's been good and, <laughs> in and affirming so, this ministry for us. So. And I, I, I love that. I love that you reclaimed something there when you said God mm -hmm. is good, because, you know, yeah. there's several phrases from the, from our, from our evangelical history that I know for a while I fully rejected and I find myself right. now bringing them back into because understanding that no one owns those just like I right. sometimes say no Karen you do not own the rainbow you can yeah. you can share it with <laughs> other people especially the LGBT, LGBTQIA plus humans but you brought up God mm -hmm. and so uh, would you like to share with us now what you are you you have a theologian's mind and you're you're fascinating but i want to hear what you think who or what god is i want to hear your words about not like you're trying to explain it to me but i want to yeah. hear from your heart yeah and and it's one of those things that i think is sort of like ever-changing to mm -hmm. a degree right like like the the idea that we could have god figured out is is a little ridiculous um if if what texts like the bible say about god is true then the idea that we could ever have god figured out is is kind of asinine uh, <laughs> yes and so like so like for me like um i i have uh because i will get people on my page i never know like I don't know if you get both kinds of trolls. Like I, I will get the homophobic Christian trolls and then I will get atheists being like, prove God exists yes. right now. And I'm like, I don't care if you believe in God or not. Like I'm enriched by it, but if that's not your thing, uh, no skin off my back. Right. Um, and so like, like to, to, to prove God, like I have all these very personal experiences that I cannot explain any other way other than that there is some kind of personified deity at work. Um, and um, I really, I really believe like um, I, I've said a number of times, like I think um, me and a person of the Sikh religion uh, would, um, I think we worship the same God, right? I think like um, me, like, 
a, a lot of different people, like I could point to different religions and be like, I think even though we're different faiths and we call it by different names and we have different theologies, I think we worship the same God. I do not think that me and Franklin Graham worship the same God. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the personified God, do you, yeah. did you release your, the patriarchal, the patriarchal vision yeah, like, of God? I, I, one of the videos I repeatedly get in trouble for, uh, it gets discovered by conservative TikTok every like three or four months is the video where I say, God is queer. God is non-binary. God is autistic. <laughs> yeah. Same. And, uh, <laughs> and like, like just again, like I was always taught God has no gender, but we say, we say he, and I'm like, okay, but if God has no gender, like, then it doesn't matter what we say and like the first the first time I, I i heard this concept too was actually in a more conservative church and the the idea blew my mind and i loved it and it made a lot of people mad and it was this um pastor it was a guest speaker who came in and he was talking about how um he works with people in a community where um uh fatherhood is like not a lot of people have fathers and not a lot of people have good relationships with their father. And so referring to God as father is damaging. And mm -hmm. so he encourages them to refer to God as mother. And, and I was like, Oh my gosh. And he was like, and like for him, it was like, it was like, this is the way we communicate God's mercy uh, and God's love for people. And, and I was like, yeah, of course, that makes a ton of sense. And so that was sort of the first exposure I had to it. And so that's been in the back of my mind for like 15 years, uh, maybe once longer. again, one of those things that kind of yeah. wobbles you and you don't even know that it's going to impact you. Um, yeah. I just want to make a note that for oh, sure. uh, the followers, uh, the sick religion that he uh, that Jeff just mentioned, I'll put a note in the show notes in case you don't know anything about about that religion. I also want to circle back to something that you said just a few minutes oh, sure. ago when you mentioned the the conservative Christians, but also the atheists who attack you. Mm -hmm. I bought, and now I have a whining grand dog, but he's just <laughs> going to have to wait. Uh, but he's not. He, he's fine. You you all can go to the video and see. He's just fine. He's just bored. He's ready for his second walk for the day. Um, the the also the homophobic atheist is right. one that I'll often get where you and this is really important for people who are deconstructing um that you don't realize they'll say the the commenter will say well i reject i rejected re religion a long time ago but it's still wrong the bible right. says it is yeah uh, there is but but it's still <laughs> wrong and you have no idea that you are still filtering your narrative who you sh how you're showing up through the indoctrination of a belief system that you're you no longer identify with, but you are still holding on to that homophobic belief, which is right. a perfect example of how much how many layers we need to take off yeah. when we're trying to release that that deconstruction. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, and I do think that like some of those people are probably not atheists. Like I think a lot of people come on and they claim a certain status for clout so that they can say certain things without being accused of x it's like when if you say if someone calls you racist and and you say well i'm not racist because yeah i'm like 130 my, my great 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 grandfather was black yes. or something like that right i'm like yes like, no you can like you like there's internalized racism like like, like 
black people today can be racist because of internalized racism. I can be homophobic because of internalized homophobic uh, phobia and transphobic because of internalized transphobia. Like it, that is a thing. So um, yeah. I think I think a lot of the people, uh, at least in my experience, because they'll they'll be like like. I, I've had people come in like, well, I'm an atheist, but the Bible is clear that it's a sin. And I'm like, then why do you care? Like, exactly. like most atheists who come on to criticize me are like, why are you following a book of fairy tales? Yeah. And, so, <laughs> yeah. and so I'm like, so I, anytime I get one of the, like the homophobic atheist comments, I'm always a little bit skeptical. Uh, I think there, there are people like that who, who have rejected the idea of Christianity, but it's still so ingrained in them. Yes. Um, that, that you don't realize that you are still filtering that anytime yeah. I invite people to always consider when you're feeling, you might not even be aware that you're feeling a bias or a prejudice, but when you're judging someone on right. anything, even if it's the clothes they wear, then it's coming from some value or belief system that probably yeah. is, is, is back there in the past, especially for those of us who are deconstructing. Now I want to shift gears for, here for a yeah, minute no, by because you mentioned this, the Sikh religion and mm. earlier in our conversation, and I think uh, our followers would really find this interesting, is you talked about, you, you shared with me how the Bible affirms multi-faiths. Right. And if you could just talk a little bit about that, I think that that would be useful sure. for yeah, people. Yeah, I, I think that was technically before we started recording. So if people it don't is. remember when I said yep. that, uh, that's, yeah. Um, so yeah, that uh, the, so, there are a number of places in the Bible, and I don't have them written down. Uh, I know one of them is in Amos. Um, I think one of them is in, um, the, there's a few places in the Minor Prophets that suggest that in new creation, uh, which, oh man, okay, layers. Um, so so <laughs> when, when Christians talk about going to heaven, like the Bible doesn't say ever that we go to heaven like the Bible talks about a renewal of creation, a new creation um, where we are all resurrected into like physical bodies. And I say this to people, I say this to lifelong Christians and they're like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> and I'm like, it, it does though. Like you, you're not going to find the spot that says we go to heaven. You'll find a lot of stuff that says God is in heaven because he the word heaven means sky in biblical cosmology. So, um, so there's a lot of, uh, there's a few places in the prophets that suggest that God is okay with people practicing other faiths as long as the way that they practice their other faith aligns with the uh yahwistic values of like walking humbly loving justice and practicing mercy um and uh and so and then uh the the most concrete example i can find in the bible and i have a whole series on this on my tiktok uh is the the character of melchizedek in genesis um, and this is like before, um, uh, Israel, cause he's interacting with Abraham, um, and Israel, uh, are the children of Jacob, who is, uh, Abraham's grandson. Um, so it's before any kind of nation state or, or tribe or anything is, is, excuse me, is set up. And Abraham, um, interacts with this character named Melchizedek. And it says he's a priest of God most high, um, which, we tend to read as being oh he's a priest of god like he's a priest of of yahweh which i do tend to i, I try not to to say the divine name but sometimes when you're like dealing with the actual names of ancient canaanite gods you kind of have to delineate sometimes uh, but um 
not because I think it's wrong, but just out of like respect for for people who who find um, like I know a lot of Jewish people who are like we should not be saying the name of God, and so I'm like okay, like and I consider you a, a sibling in in faith in the broader sense of the term, uh, so I, I will respect that. Um, but yeah, so so it doesn't it doesn't say that he's a priest of like the Lord as we would uh, uh, transliterate it. Uh, it. It says he's a priest of El Elyon, which means God Most High. Um, and um, he's also a Canaanite king. Uh, he's the king of the city of Salem, uh, which is generations later is turned into Jerusalem. Um, and Abraham pays him a tithe. And that's where we get our tithing system from. He gives him 10, they, they fight a battle together and Abraham gives him 10% of the stuff he got from the battle um, as a tithe, recognizing that this is a person who, who serves the same uh, deity as him. And that's kind of where we conflate that El Elyon in this case would be the same as Abraham's God. Uh, but uh, the, the name Melchizedek, which is often translated as king of righteousness, um, actually, like if you break down the Hebrew, like that is a possible interpretation of it, but it's a really roundabout way to get there because uh, Melchi means my king and Tzedek is the Canaanite god of justice. Um, and so like it's much more likely him being a Canaanite priest king that he is a, like a servant of Tzedek, uh, who in this case would be referred to as the most high god. Um, and later on in the biblical narrative, we do have like after Israel conquers Jerusalem, which is what the city of Salem turned into, we can see inside the biblical text, um, the, the Israelites taking um, the, the concept of the God Sedek and ascribing it as an attribute of Yahweh. Um, and so it, it becomes God's just like God's right hand of justice is, is Sedek. And we see these like in the Psalms, we see a few occasions of like a personified Sedek and uh, this other term, uh, Mishor, uh, which um, go out and act as God's representatives in the world. Um, but the Canaanite God Sedek had a brother named me sure <laughs> so like so like we we see within the text and it is like a colonization technique to move into a new area and say okay the gods you believe in are actually the gods we believe in uh just by a different name and like the israelites practice this and also every nation who's conquered the israelites practiced that as well like there was the um the seleucid occupation of israel uh, a guy named Antiochus Epiphanes um, tried to say like, oh, you worship the, the king of all gods? So do we. We call him Jupiter. Um, let's sacrifice a pig on the altar of Jupiter and went into the temple and sacrificed a pig. And uh, the Jews did not like that. <laughs> and it led to a rebel uprising. Um, and so like, like it's a very common ancient world tactic to to move in and convince the people that you're actually worship the same gods and it's a good way to allow them to keep some of their customs while also being like subjugated so that is a big part of what's going on in those texts but it's also showing like there is room for recognizing that so long as people are worshiping their other gods in a way that affirms the dignity and inherent value of all life um and and practices justice and walks humbly and loves mercy like as long as as long as those things are are there 
that's still a God, quote unquote, God honoring way to practice your faith, even if you're calling it by a different name. So like when we come into like when when white settlers come into white colonizers come into uh, indigenous lands in North America and Australia and New Zealand and places like that. And we have them with religious systems where they are practicing justice and walking humbly and loving mercy. And we say, no, your, your God is it, like, you need to accept this Christian God. Uh, that is idolatry on our part wow. and colonization on our part because we're failing to recognize the, the image of the divine that Abraham was able to recognize in Melchizedek. And that's that, powerful yeah. yeah that that is powerful you said that you have a series on the kills deck in your tiktok yeah. okay uh if you can send me the link to one that sure. way i can put it in the show notes for people who will want that is that is fascinating i literally felt my head start to just like okay it's i'm I, i'm exploding <laughs> here this is i love this stuff i live for this yeah. stuff it's so so important but one thing that, um, well, first of all, I have a chorus of crows, so that's why I've, I've <laughs> muted there for a while. So they, they've joined us here on our, on our time together. But I think a, a perfect way to round out this time, because there will be a part two with you, Jeff. This sure, is fascinating yeah. stuff. I so appreciate your time. Um, I, I think because of knowing that I am an affirming uh, pastor who's working to help heal people's religious trauma. And I can tell you that 95% of the people who reach out to me are people who have struggled with their sexual or gender authenticity or the, or the guilt or shame that religion has, has um, put on them because they're gay or queer. Mm. Is, is that okay that I use queer as a, as a yeah, cisgender? I, I, I mean, hetero? it's, it, it's kind of like, there are going to be people who are not going to like it. I've, um, I've, I've met but, them. So I'm always careful yeah, when I use that. Yeah. I, I think it's like, it's one of those things like, and the people who don't like it as a term tend not to understand the full history of it. Some of them do uh, and still don't like it, but like queer was actually the word coined by the LGBTQ community to describe themselves. And it was turned into a slur. Uh, wow. And so the reclamation of that word is not just, Hey, we're taking this word that was used against us. It was, we were, this has been our word the whole time. Um, and so we're taking it back. So it's, it's functional for me. Like, like when, when I was saying earlier, like I, I used the term bisexual for like 15 years, because that's like the words that I understood as I started understanding LGBTQ terminology more and more, I was like, Oh, this is why I haven't felt like this matched up the whole time uh, is because I am, no, a, no. I am a pan romantic demisexual uh, <laughs> non-binary person. And like, so like that, but that's a mouthful. And when people are like, what, and you have to, I don't want to explain what a demisexual is to every person I meet. Yeah, that's, <laughs> so, that's like, a lot. And, and I do invite people because it, it, it is hard. And on numasoul.com, we have some reference, uh, a resource page where we have LGBTQIA plus resources. And on there, you can read mm -hmm. about gender right. and sexual authenticity and all the resources that you need for that. But I yeah. think people would love to hear it from you regarding yeah. the theology of the Bible and why being gay is not Oh, sure. So I think that would be, I'm going to turn off my mic so I can just let <laughs> no you go problem. and see what this dog's doing. So please, no please worries. go. And, and yes, I would say you can use the word queer. I think, I think that's like, I think that that is the term used by the majority of the community to describe themselves. And uh, it, it's not, 
uh, an offensive term. But yeah, so um, like the Bible, I mean, when we look at what the Bible actually cares about, even if the verses in the Bible that people use to condemn homosexuality were actually talking about homosexuality, it's still not on the top of the list, right? Like it's Jesus talks so much more about um, loving your neighbor and um, uh, not charging interest on loans and, like, and all this other stuff. Um, so there's basically six verses in uh, the entire Bible that could possibly be used to condemn homosexuality. One of them is in Leviticus 18.22, um, where um, it is often generally translated as man shall not lie with man as man lies with woman. It is an abomination. Um, and the, I mean, so much of those words are, are not accurate. And part of it is that words um, in, a, in, in English have evolved so much uh, and taken on their own meaning. So like the word abomination um, basically is just a cultural, um, a, a culture, it's a culturally frowned upon practice. And we see it el elsewhere in the Bible as just being like, oh, this is just something like we don't do as a Jewish people. Uh, and and it, it kind of uh, goes against how we want to be worshiping God. Um, and, and so you have to ask then why that is like, if it's applied to, to homosexuality and when you get into it. So like the word is not, the verse is not man shall not lie with man. It, it is you shall not lie with males. Uh, the word zahar is typically used uh, to mean younger, younger boys or uh, male animals. Uh, you shall not lie with males as you lie with women. It is a Tueva abomination. And Tueva is always associated also with like, not always, but 99% but of the time Tueva is associated with some form of like idol worship or or the diminishing of the image of god in people because that's what idol worship is is ultimately concerned about um because we are god's idols in the bible it's uh we like the the word we're made in god's image according to genesis and the word image is the same word used to describe the graven images and idols that um, people would worship in other cultures uh around israel and that israel would occasionally mess up and worship. So it is about a, a giving away of our birthright as God's idols to inanimate objects. And that diminishes our ability to view each other as being made in the image of God, as being able to see that divine inherent worth in all people. Um, so it, it is always tied to an action that diminishes our ability to see the divine inherent worth in, in other people. Um, and so the verse directly before that in Leviticus uh, says, don't sacrifice your children to Moloch, <laughs> who is a Canaanite demon god. Um, and so like, and, and like the Bible is meticulously organized, especially Leviticus, it's meticulously organized. So either Moloch is way out of place or everything in that whole section is about idolatry in some way. It, it absolutely and, is. Yeah. And because oh sorry go ahead no i was just going to say when you when when you when you mentioned that 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 the levitical law is really just laid out in that in that section about basically okay here are the rules mm -hmm. around ritual i mean right. that's i'm oversimplifying it but that that really is and well how like we're going the chapter to the chapter starts with like 
hey, don't practice your religion like the Egyptians and the Canaanites do. <laughs> so, so there, there you go. But then what you'll hear is, okay, well, what about Paul? And we already know that. Right. I, I'm not even sure that I don't even know that I was aware of this until I started my own deconstructing journey. Was how much I relied on Paul's teaching over mm -hmm. Jesus's ministry. But what right. you'll see is no one, no one ever falls back on Jesus's words to condemn homosexuality. It is always Paul's. Yeah. So is, is that where the rest of those clobber verses live or is there? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a few others in like, there's another one later on in Leviticus and one in Deuteronomy, yes. but they're, they're just like echoing like the, the yeah. second one in Leviticus is, is uh, okay. We've talked about all of the, the bad things that people do. Let's talk about how to deal with it. And so that's what this, the second verse is in referring, it was referring to it's, it's how to deal with it when it does happen um and then the so so yeah so paul and like i have this weird relationship with paul where i went through one of those phases where i'm like well yeah paul doesn't know what he's talking about because it goes against what jesus is saying until i i realized if you interpret paul through jesus everything clicks and like and if you use Jesus as the lens to interpret Paul, you can kind of see what he's doing. Like there's there's all these verses that are used to subjugate women based on the writings of Paul. But if you look at Paul, like he's talking about a, a reversal of ancient world gender hierarchy because the there is a verse that says wives submit to your husband, but directly before that it says you need to submit to one another. And then the verses after that are talking about how to submit to one another. So husbands love your wives the way Christ loved the church. Well, how did Christ love the church? Well, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve mm. and to give his life as a ransom for many. And, and Paul also talks about how we, through the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus, are made joint heirs to the kingdom, through the throne of God with Jesus. So we are like equal partners in the kingdom of God with Jesus. Why then? If, if Paul is saying the husband is the head of the wife, the way that Christ is the head of the church, if Jesus has made us equals with him as being head of the church, then the husband is by obligation made to, to make the wife equal partners in the relationship. And mm. we're supposed to submit to one another. Men are supposed to be serving their wives the way Christ loved the church. The son of man did not come to be served. But just like, it's just <laughs> like when we understand it and Paul's saying like, plus there's no male or female, Jew or Greek, slave or free in the kingdom of God. We're all one in Christ. Like Paul is laying out a completely egalitarian um, structure that we can see when we interpret it with Jesus. And the same thing with the verses about homosexuality. So like Romans one, which is uh, the, the section typically used um, to condemn homosexuality, but there's also a verse in Timothy um, about it um, where um, Paul is saying, like, he's describing though, like if you're, this is why you can't just like break off one verse and, and make a theology around it. You have to understand it in the context of the chapter and the book and the biblical narrative as a whole. Cause like the entire lead up to Romans 1, 26 and 27, which condemn homosexuality, according to some people are talking about idolatry. It's saying they, they um, traded the immortal glory of God for uh, the, for graven images of birds and animals and things that creep and other humans. Uh, and, and this is what it made them do. And then he talks about how um, women gave up natural relations for unnatural ones. And people are like, oh, well, that means lesbians. And no, it doesn't. 
Um, it's like Paul, <laughs> Paul had a very laughable understanding about human anatomy. Um, and, and the things that Paul thinks are wrong are essentially any non-procreative sex. Um, because the ancient world understanding of, um, uh, of how sex worked uh, was that sperms were fully formed tiny humans. And so any sperm that didn't make its way into a woman was murder, essentially. And so, so Paul's actually describing heterosexual sex um, like, but like, not to get, not to get graphic, but, the, the other kinds that won't get you pregnant, uh, <laughs> um, in worship to idols. And then, yes, he's describing men as having, um, uh, sex with men, um, in, in that section, but it is again, non-procreative sex in worship to idols. And so it's the, again, coming back to the diminishing, of the image of God in people, because the way that Romans practiced their idolatry was they had sex slaves and temple prostitutes. Mm -hmm. um, or I should say temple sex slaves, because uh, prostitutes implies um, any any um, consent on the part of the the person being abused. Um, so they they had sex slaves and temple sex slaves, and they would go do these parties, and um, they would make their more effeminate looking male slaves dress up as women and, and for the sexual gratification of their guests and and so like that's what paul is addressing he's saying like we're not supposed to be like the romans like we're in this situation again where we are surrounded they're in an occupied state rome is occupying judea um and, and so it's just like when we came out of egypt and we had to reject the uh, religion of the people of our oppressors because it was an oppressive religion um, we have to do the same thing again. We have to reject these practices because it's like it, it's real bad. And, and what it really comes down to for me is um, if Paul is talking about homosexuality as we have it today, a loving consensual relationship between two people of the same gender or same sex, uh, which he's not. Um, and in these sections, he is addressing all of the problems with the Roman culture. Um, and how it is negatively affecting the church and pedophilia and pederasty and sex slaves were a part of that culture that he would have had a problem with why does he not address those right like like either these verses are about that <laughs> or paul is is missing a lot of, yeah. of things that he needs to be condemning and paul again incredibly meticulous writer like romans is heralded as a complete theological work like it's a it's a systematic theology textbook according to many conservatives so if if we're talking about like paul addressing the issues of the empire and not addressing the ones where people are sexually enslaved and <laughs> like he would have mentioned that too and there's i think 16 other verse other words in koine greek to describe homosexuality uh, many of them not in a positive light. Uh, and so like if Paul wanted to talk about homosexuality um, as it is today, there were words for it. Like he could have said Proctoi, which um, translates uh, again, not to be too graphic, uh, to wide anus, right? Like it's like it's there were derogatory terms for homosexuals at the time, just like there are today. 
Um, and he could have used those words and had people understand. Instead, he combines two words, arson and koate, which means man and bed, um, into the same word because that's how Leviticus 18.22 is translated in the Greek, in the Septuagint. And so he's, he's pointing an arrow to, those, to that section because he's talking about the same thing. He's talking about idolatry. He's, he's, he's saying, we are still giving our children over to Moloch and then doing this thing, uh, which is an abomination. Like we, we have to stop doing this. Different, different Moloch, like we're, we're calling it by a different name, but it's still happening and it can't be part of the church because it diminishes the image of God in people. So you brought up the art. Thank you for bringing it up. Now I'm probably going to mispronounce it, but the way I pronounce it is arsenikoitai. How do you? Yeah, how, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. So boy, you, in another one, you want to fan the flames, mention that <laughs> word and see yeah. how um, passionate people will respond to the fact that you're offering a, 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 a different trans um, definition of it that mm -hmm. I believe as you points back, to the teachings of, of Levitical of Levitical law. So thank you for bringing bringing that into this discussion, Jeff. That we could keep going on, but we we've could. gone way <laughs> past our time. So this is going to come back. I would love. I, I've been taking all kinds of notes here of some things that I would love to follow up with you. But um, right now, I just want to say, Jeff Baker, Chosen Family Church. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Let tell people how to get a hold of you or uh, find you and follow you on your social media platforms and sure, website. Yeah, I'm um, I'm CFC underscore Pastor Jeff uh, everywhere. So TikTok, Instagram, um, and uh, Twitter, and also Facebook without the underscore because you can't have an underscore. And but I think if you type in CFC underscore Pastor Jeff, my name my my page still pops up on Facebook. Um, I have a podcast as well called The Autistic Mystic um that you can find on the app store um i i'm autistic i'm not using a, an offensive term or anything like that that's, uh, <laughs> that's yeah. how we like to be spoken of um and we didn't even uh, get into that <laughs> yeah yeah we didn't that's okay um and you can find my church chosen family church at chosenfamilychurch.com and we run our services entirely online because we launched during a pandemic and said a global pandemic is probably a great time to launch a church with no budget and no building. So <laughs> it absolutely, it absolutely is. Why yeah. not? Why not throw yeah. something else in there and see? And I so wish you nothing but the best. And for those Thank of you, you so who constantly reach out to me and say, you're looking for a spiritual community. And I've often said, you might not be able to find it in your local community, but look for the, look for online and virtual Jeff is offering that to you. So be sure to check them out, reach out to them and uh, find what their services are because I've, I've tuned in a couple of times and I find it absolutely uh, touching. So oh, I love, so I love what you're doing. Thank you so much. And I welcome pleasure. you back some other time. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. Okay, beloveds, I'm honored to be in this space with you and I pray you receive something. I know that I did because the teacher teaches what she needs to hear and hearing from Jeff, I learned so much. And now beloveds, go in peace and be at peace. Go in love and may you be loved. Go and know that others are on this journey with you and you are not alone. You are seen and deeply and unconditionally loved just the way you are. Blessings on your week and we will see you soon. Bye for now. Thanks for
for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe to Spirituality Matters wherever you listen to podcasts. You can watch the uncut version of today's episode on YouTube. Be sure to like and subscribe to Rev Carla's channel for more videos. Submit questions for upcoming Q&A videos or topics of discussion to spiritualitymatters at revcarla.com. As always, follow at Rev Carla on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest for more spirituality teachings. Bye for now.